Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. My name is Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and regular business columnist for a bunch of publications that you probably know, like The Guardian, The Hill, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Forbes, and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner. My 10-person company provides financial and technology management services, and I'm always in need of expert advice. That includes real-life advice from real-life business owners like myself on how they're handling the challenges of running their small businesses. It oftentimes involves advice from experts who can help me run my small business, and that's what this podcast is all about. So on this episode, I've got Rachel Dowling. Rachel is a compliance analyst at Paychex. Hello, how are you? Rachel, we're going to talk about today in the next 15 minutes or so, um, OSHA and CDC stuff. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're reopening your business right now, uh, you are probably getting buried in uh, literature, guidelines, information from both the occupational, uh, you know, the, the OSHA agency. What does OSHA stand for, Rachel, again? The Occupational Safety and Health Act or the agency, depending on if you're talking about the law or the agency. And the CDC is the Centers for Disease Control, because I know that because I watch Anthony Fauci on TV all the time. That I do know. So there's a lot of rules and guidelines for small businesses to follow. And what I wanted to just just a few takeaways from you, you know, Rachel, in the short time that we have. So here we are. I'm opening up uh, my business. Uh, and let's assume that I'm a, I'm a retailer, I'm a, I'm, I'm a restaurateur, or even let's assume that I'm running a company that's been kind of shut down because everybody was sent home and now I'm bringing everybody back to work again and we're sort of resuming operations. So what advice do you have for me? What is OSHA telling us to do? What is the CDC telling us to do? Yeah, thanks, Dean. So there, as you were saying, there is a lot you need to consider if you're starting to reopen again. And OSHA and the CDC are two places you're going to want to start. And I'll kick it off with the caveat that you don't want to just stop with those two agencies. You, depending on where your restaurant or your business is located, you'll have state and possibly local considerations you'll need to look into as well, which may be very similar to what the CDC and OSHA are recommending, but it also may be different or more restrictive. So a few of the things you're going to want to think about first. What's talk social distancing protocols. There are so many things that we've learned in the last couple of months about social distancing best practices. We want to keep ourselves six feet apart from other employees and customers. Now, as you're starting to reopen, and again, every state is looking at different guidelines and has a different timeline for how they're planning to reopen. But when you're reopening, you're going to want to have those guidelines still in place. Just a couple things that restaurants would want to consider if you are at the point where you're permitted to open your dining areas, what's that going to look like? Um, Can you have people seated together who are not from the same family? Uh, You would want your employees to wear face masks at this point too. And again, look at your state and local guidelines, but right now best practices are saying, keep those face masks in place and keep those six feet of social distancing. You're also going to want to ramp up your cleaning protocols as well. Make sure you're using EPA-approved chemicals to clean in the best way that's approved for COVID-19. And now with any new cleaning chemicals also comes the potential for new safety regulations as well. So you want to make sure that you're following the proper protocols and informing your employees what they need to do to clean with these 
new chemicals if they're not used to using these at this point. So that's just a start. You know, different states have different rules. What, what have you seen? What states do you think are tougher than others if you're running a business? Yeah, so typically if you're in New York State or California, you're probably going to have quite a few additional regulations as well. Um, looking at Kentucky, which is one you might not think is going to be very restrictive. They are very prescriptive in what is required at each step of the way as you're starting to reopen as well. Uh, whereas a state like Arizona is being a little bit less prescriptive. And again, when you're looking at OSHA and you're looking at CDC, what you're seeing right now are really guidelines and recommendations. They're not offering a lot up that's truly enforceable, but you wanna make sure that when you're implementing best practices, you do wanna look at CDC, you do wanna look at OSHA because they're not putting that information out there just for the fun of it. They wanna make sure your work environment is as safe as possible. So even if it's not a true mandate, it's something you really wanna look closely at. Rachel, does either one of those agencies have uh, precedence in your mind? Like if I were only gonna follow the rules for one, um, is, is, is one of those agencies better than the other? Do the rules overlap a lot? Are there conflicts? So I would say there's not really conflicts and I wouldn't say to choose one over the other either, but they're also working together. So if you look at OSHA and CDC guidelines, you will see a lot of similarities. You will see social distancing across the board. You'll see temperature and health checks as a recommendation in both agencies you'll see um, requiring or recommending the use of face coverings as well in retail and restaurant settings in both agencies. So again, I wouldn't recommend only looking at one, but you will see a lot of similarities. And also when you're looking at your state and local guidelines as well, you'll start to see those same themes popping up as well. There's not a lot that's drastically different. So I think at the beginning, everyone was tr just trying to figure out what is the best practice? Nobody really knew what to do in this situation because it was so unprecedented. But at this point, as states and agencies are starting to figure things out, they're coming up with these common things with social, continuing to social distance, continuing with the face masks, making sure there's good hand washing hygiene, there's hand sanitizer, there's soap and water, there's reminders, there's signs, and there's training for your employees. And then Temperature and health checks is kind of a new area, but it's we're starting to see that also emerge as more of a recommendation. Did I answer your question? It does. It's really helpful. We're actually going to revisit some of this stuff in a, in in another podcast that we're going to doing. But you mentioned the cleaning procedures as well that you take you know around the office. Um, what, you know, what would you recommend as far as cleaning? Would you assign this to one person? Uh, is somebody running around? cleaning all surfaces uh, all the time. Um, you know, again, for a typical company, what do you think would be, you know, a, a, an acceptable cleaning procedure? But I would say you will want to look again at the, the CDC guidelines have very stringent cleaning recommendations for businesses. So you would want to take a look at those and see what really fits within your business too. As far as having one person assigned or multiple people assigned to cleaning, I think it depends a lot on what is going to work the best for your particular business. Now, what you really do want to have as a best practice is a health and safety protocol, a written health and safety protocol, which would include your cleaning practices. And this would be 
potentially a schedule of what's being cleaned when. So think about when you're changing shifts, you're going to have new people coming in. So you want to make sure at that point to think about how are you going to clean up your workstation to make sure it's as disinfected as possible before the next person comes in. The same thing with sh any shared equipment or shared tools. You want to make sure that you are cleaning and disinfecting in between to minimize person-to-person -person contact. So we talked about cleaning procedures. Um, you mentioned earlier about communicating um, both to your employees, to your customers. What, what do you think would be best practices for a company to communicate um, safe practices and also what they're doing? So again, um, you'll want to look at having that written health and safety protocol. And in some states, I'm, California is the one that comes to mind, it, you're required as an employer to post your written health and safety protocol with all of those new recommendations in places where it's visible to your employees and your customers, as well as making sure all of your personnel has that in hand. So you want to make sure all of your employees are aware of all of the measures that you're taking to help keep your workplace safe. And it also offers a level of protection in the case you are ever subject to, as an example, an OSHA inspection, then you have that health and safety protocol written out and it shows all of the measures that you're taking to keep your workplace safe. So in addition to that, there might be either a recommendation or again, in some states or local areas, you might be required to post signs throughout your business where they're visible. Some of the things that might be included in these signs are reminders for frequent hand washing or hand hygiene practices or things like coughing and sneezing etiquette, also reminding your employees and your customers just not to come into the building if they're sick or if they're showing any signs of respiratory illness. Makes sense. Do you think these regulations, are they affecting or are they geared towards any uh, specific industries? And are there any specific industries that, that you think if you're running a business that you're, you're more you know, exposed to these kinds of issues? So you'll actually see some specific recommendations coming from OSHA, coming from CDC, and at the state level, possibly local as well, on specific recommendations for what you need to do depending on your industry. Um, the restaurant industry is a big one too because you are dealing with food service and food handling. You have people constantly coming in and out and a lot of your employees are interacting with your customers. So there are a lot of specific recommendations there. Also, when you start to reopen for dining, is it allowed indoors only, outdoors only? Um, are there occupancy requirements? Maybe you can only start out with 30% of your total occupancy for dine-in service. Those are some examples. Um, another one that comes to mind just from personal experience too is uh, grocery stores or retail. So there might be recommendations to direct traffic one way or another. I remember going into the grocery stores the other day and they've changed it so you can only go into one entrance and one has become an exit. So how you direct the flow of traffic within your store, if you're a retail business or a grocery store, um, having cough or sneeze guards up so that when your cashier is interacting with the customer, you're minimizing contact in addition to having a face covering. How long do you think this stuff is going to last? I mean, is you know, does does either OSHA or the CDC give any kind of timelines like you should be doing this until a certain point in time, or is it open ended? Yeah, so that's a great question, and it's a little bit of both right now. 
So the White House and CDC have put out their guidance for opening up America again, which looks at a few different phases of when you can start to allow fewer of these restrictions to be in place. And if when you're looking at phase three of that is when you're listing a lot of the restrictions. But I'm getting the impression that you still want to keep some in place until we're feeling a little bit more secure that we've really overcome the transmission of COVID-19. Um, usually between phase one and phase two, you need a minimum of 14 days and the same thing between phase two and three. But that's not a lot of time. So well, I think it still remains to be seen how long that we're keeping some of these practices in place. And I'm thinking it might be a while before we're, we're fully back to what we're used to as normal from a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think that it's going to go on for a while as well. And, and listen, I mean, having these best practices obviously is not only the right thing to do for your employees, but it's certainly the right message to send to your customers. Uh, Rachel, that was great. I uh, really appreciate the information. I've been speaking with Rachel Dowling, your compliance analyst at Paychex. For more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, please visit the Paychex COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus-resources. Again, Rachel, you're awesome. Thank you for this great information and great takeaways for for anybody running a business. Uh, Thank you for listening as well, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.